When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Welcome to episode 276 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton, and today I am joined by my friend and yours, it's Kevin Williams. So, Kevin, I guess the first easy question, layup question, what do you think about that friendly yesterday? There's not really anything else to talk about. Well, I mean, yeah, there really isn't. Thankfully, the club isn't making any news right now. Um, the friendly was a friendly. I mean, I think that, you know, even though Red Bull Salzburg treated as this fairly intense thing that led to um, Gavi suffering a jaw fracture and uh, De Jong pulling his uh, cap. It was just a friendly. And there's nothing to be inferred really uh, from friendlies except who's looking nice, who's not. And I think that, I mean, Gavi's looking amazing. This real injury knocked him back. Thankfully, he will uh, still be able to uh, work out on his own, just not uh, with the club or in contact. I think that uh, Nico is ready. I'm really happy to see that uh, uh, Kevin thinks he is also. Uh, I think that uh, Demir is uh, going to be a bargain at 10 million. And hey, maybe he's that new number 10 we've been uh, talking about needing okay, for the last okay. couple hours, right? Okay, so Kevin, now that we've lost uh, almost everybody because <laughs> they don't think that we're going to be talking about and spending our whole time talking about Messi, but I mean, the title's messy, the cover of this is messy, so you know that's why we're talking about this. We might get to the friendly again at the end because, as Kevin was alluding to, there are positive signs, there are good things to talk about. Unfortunately, De Young and Gabi, we thought that was the worst news of the day. 
but it's not. So I do want to say, if you're still with us two minutes in, this is your first time listening to the show. Welcome. We hope you come back with or without Messi. And I hope that we can entertain your first experience with the podcast. I think as far as how we're all feeling, Spanish journalist Josep Captavia summed it up really well, I thought, Kevin. And he said that journalists and fans are more lost than an octopus in a garage. And maybe it was just my eyes deceiving me, but I thought it said garbage the first time. And then I remember that garbage is not garaje in Spanish. It is garage. So yes, we all feel like a octopus. For me, I feel like now an octopus in garbage in a garage. That's <laughs> just simply how I'm feeling. So I guess where we start is with what we know to be, quote unquote, the official statement from the club. That's what they put out there. Whatever it means, we're going to do our best to read between the lines. But the club has said, and here's the quote, despite FC Barcelona and Lino Messi having reached an agreement and the clear intention of both parties to sign a new contract today, this cannot happen because of financial and structural obstacles, Spanish La Liga regulations. As a result of this situation, Messi shall not be staying on at FC Barcelona. Both parties deeply regret that the wishes of the player in the club will ultimately not be fulfilled. FC Barcelona, and here's, here, here's where we get it. FC Barcelona wholeheartedly expresses its gratitude to the player for his contribution to the aggrandizement of the club and wishes him all the very best for the future in his professional and, well, personal and professional life. That's a lot. That is a statement for the for the history of Lionel Messi to end at Barcelona. Weird. I, weird is the word I'm coming up with first, regardless of whether he still is going to be at FC Barcelona or not. I think you and I actually, we just spoke before we went on air that we might actually be on different pages there. But all that said, I think we both agree that's it feels weird. Yes, and it feels as shameful as anything that the club has done, right? Because you look at that statement, basically they're saying that it's everybody's fault except ours and Messi's. And that's wrong. I mean, look, money, this is all about money. Messi wants it, the uh, Liga wants it, the uh, club wants it, uh, everybody wants it. And so money right, is the main thing that is driving every aspect of this. When Tebas has said, you can't register your players until these uh, numbers are met, uh, we both know that's nonsense, uh, but it's it's... Uh, posturing. The firmness of salary caps always depends on the firmness um, of the resolve regarding the involved parties. Liga has just signed a U.S. Uh, TV deal with ESPN. Uh, we can rather imagine that the uh, phones are burning up in Bristol right now because, I mean, look, suddenly, uh, who do you market, right? I mean, um, you can't be marketing, um, let's say, Isak or uh, Suarez or Griezmann, right? I mean, all you have is Messi and all the league has is Messi. So I mean, right now, what we don't know is what the end game is, right? We know that um, uh, Florentino um, almost certainly leaked this, uh, which is why um, uh, Marsa uh, broke it. And then the uh, Catalan media came in. This all feels very final. The uh, club put out a best of messy video. The statement is very, very clear in its thank you and good night aspect. For people who are believing this is some sort of game or some sort of negotiating posture, it would be one of the more deeply vile things to mess with the emotions of millions of people. I mean, that's not, I mean, quite actual millions of people. So I, mean, I have to think that this is real and I have to think that Messi is moving on and it is the ugliest way, right? No fans, no farewell, just a few tweets, a uh, video posted and then a 
puffy statement saying, oh, we all want to get this done with legal methodology. That's all wrong. It's wrong in every way. Yeah. And as much as groupthink, I think Twitter got to a point, right? I mean, you and I were both on Twitter. That's where we're sitting for the news. And I think that can be an, an echo chamber within itself. And I think it did become a groupthink as to question the timing of this statement. Just again, the weirdness of it. And to question why on August 5th, where there is a few more weeks left of the transfer window, there is a few more weeks left to register players. The, the group think of the internet says that, or started to believe, I think that it was a, a bluff. And, you know, you have to wonder what changed from the time that the club clearly agreed the five-year contract with Messi, knowing that registering him wasn't going to happen until, until now. And then with all these weeks left in the transfer window, why would the club give up on this and not wait until that final, final hour if Messi does want to come to the club, it's agreed personal terms. And there is still time to figure out anything and extract any option. Do we, are we to believe that on August 5th, they have done everything they possibly could? They have unturned every single rock they could as far as their wage structure, as far as the salary, to, to do everything they could to potentially get him not only under contract, which he's, he agreed to, but to, but to be able to register him. So I think where you and I differ a little bit is, is actually the intentions of, of Messi, of, of actually the, the player, where all the reports were from every trusted journalist we had was that Jorge Messi came to the club today to sign that agreement uh, for that contract that would extend him till 2026. And whether it was two years plus or three years plus or five years full, that the intention was for Messi to stay. And it seemed like all that had blown over and that was going to happen. And it, Messi is not the one who made the about face here even though it, and it doesn't feel like anybody made an about face, except it, it seems that the one change is this CVC capital partners from the top rope agreeing with the Liga. And now it has become, it's not about Messi, which is so weird, right? Because we're talking about Messi. But this whole thing is no longer about Messi. It's about Barcelona, Real Madrid and, uh, versus La Liga and the CVC. Or it's a Super League versus Barcelona. Or if you're a real cynic, you could call it a Super League versus Messi choice for Barcelona to make. And again, Messi is that bargaining tool for everybody because you're right. When it comes to ESPN, Messi is the, the bargaining chip. He is the marketable player for them, for La Liga, to lose Cristiano Ronaldo and to lose Gareth Bale and to lose Neymar all, and then Messi all in this course of year after year after year after year. You're absolutely right, Kevin. Who do you market and yeah, Antoine Griezmann, he was a World Cup winner, blah, 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 blah. You know, PKs, oh, you know him, right? <laughs> he won a World Cup too back in the day. But then, yeah, and then who, who does Real Madrid have? They even lost Rafa Roran. They've lost tons of players, hand over foot. Kareem Benzema, he's not marketable almost at all. I mean, France didn't need him to market all that time and they would have brought him back to the national team full. But yeah, you're right. I, and it, I, I wanted to almost wait for this, but there's so many questions of risk and reward, Kevin, that I, I think I want to break down here. Where do you want to go here first? The risk and the war reward. I think you kind of mentioned the first one I had on the list, and that's the risk reward of Mescaon Club. If this really isn't, if this really isn't something truthful, and this is a ploy by Real Madrid and Barcelona to try to get a reaction out of Tebas and La Liga, there's a risk and reward of. We always say eyes rolled, soul of the club, but you risk upsetting more than the global audience, the fans in Catalonia, the people that actually make up 72 million euros of gate revenue and museum res revenue and 35 million euros of merchandise bought in in-house, in-store in Catalonia. That's a lot, a lot of money of people that you're I almost say willing to upset if there is, if this is actually some kind of ploy or bluff or, uh, you know, not completely transparent. 
Right, and that's what makes me feel it's not a bluff. The uh, club is basically dropping a nuke on, on the goodwill that right now exists uh, between it and its massive fan base uh, by playing this game. So let's go back uh, right now to Ronaldinho, right? Uh, Guardiola came in and said, you, you, and you, out. Meaning uh, Ronaldinho, Deco, and um, Samuel Eto, right? And then Eto stayed. Uh, Ronaldinho and Deco left. But um, while Ronaldinho was massive and that move was seismic, that move was two years late. And Ronaldinho was nowhere near the icon that Messi is. Let's not forget that they signed this guy on a napkin, right? When he was a, you know, we, we, I mean, he's been, it's been more than two decades with the club and unceremoniously ended by, well, uh, we tried, that's it. Uh, thanks for coming. You know, I think that the CVC thing, I mean, look, uh, Tabas made a, what, 40 year deal with CVC. Yeah. Um, and don't forget that um, uh, they are now involved with MotoGP. They were uh, formerly involved with uh, Formula One and neither one worked out or is working out all that well. So if you're looking at a way, you know, what does CVC bring, right? I mean, for that 40 year investment and is Tebas selling short-term gain uh, for long-term loss? Because I mean, while it sounds like a lot of money, right? Three plus billion over 40 years, it's not all that much money if La Liga is a, uh, as viable a property as we think it is. So, I mean, aside from Real Madrid and Barcelona wanting their own uh, nefarious uh, Super League thing, right? I mean, because uh, right now, this bus is being driven by Florentino and his desires for this Super League, So, which means money. So if we want to think about all this, right, what it all comes down to is the Super League. And basically the way it's sounding, right? And I don't believe this for an instant, but the way it's sounding is that uh, the newly elected uh, president has chosen Florentino and the Super League over Messi. Now we both know that's hogwash. So what's the underlying, what's the real story here? Frankly, we have no idea. When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy and all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content, everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. 
What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, that, there's the risk and reward again, too. That Real Madrid released this statement about the CVC cap, uh, capital partners. And then Barca released this, as we said, about five minutes before we started recording. So the two statements they released today is that Messi will no longer be continuing at the club. And Barca disagrees with the CVC capital partners deal that will pass through. Because league sources say that despite the concerns some clubs have, that being Real Madrid, Barcelona, and the third being Athletic Club. Because Athletic Club with only selling Basque players, that influx of money won't really support them as well. And as being one of the three clubs, being Athletic Club, along with Barcelona Real Madrid, who's never been relegated, Athletic Club do not want to basically price themselves out of the Liga because of the structure that they currently have or the choice that they make. Not even the structure they have, but the choice that they make to only sign players in the Basque country. So that is why they're the third team that is not okay with this. But they only need two-thirds of the 42 voting clubs in the top two tiers of Spanish football who must be in favor. And this is that moment when I remind everybody that when it comes to all the different economies in Europe and the football leagues, due to the financial crisis in 2008, no country had more clubs fold at smaller levels than Spain. Spain never truly economically recovered from 2008 and even last season at CF Royce. And because we're 13 years removed, we're still trying to say, oh, well, that's on the individual club. Royce made decisions that led them down this path or Valencia made these decisions that lead them down that path or Deportivo La Coruña made decisions that led them down that path to financial ruin. But that's not entirely the case is that even then they were on a razor's thin margin. You think about Super Depor, that this has been a 15, 20 year from the top of the mountain all the way down. Mallorca, when they were in the first division, they were spending and then they 
crashed down to earth and it perfectly aligned with 2008. And then they've been from the first division down to the third division, popping up and down for the last now, what, seven, eight to nine to 10 years. And a reminder too, that for Barcelona and Real Madrid, I know it seems like they're in lockstep together, but for the 2020-21 season, Barcelona lost 246 million euros. Real Madrid, meanwhile, 847,000 euros was their recorded profit. So the, the difference between these two clubs of the debt that they've accrued in the last year is close to a million, not between them, but separating. So a, a net 1 million is the difference between what Barcelona lost and what Real Madrid was able to gain, which, which is just incredible to think about. And as far as CVC pocketing 11% of the money raised by the Liga through the sale of the television rights, and as you said, it's the next 40 years, it, it's almost incomprehensible for the big gamble to be that if Barca really thinks that the Super League and the global audience and everything involved with that is going to make up for the money that they're going to lose, because I can't comprehend, Kevin, the what how they're willing to get rid of the next five years, even short term, that messy revenue, he continues to be the golden goose. How could you, even if you don't want to sign off on the CVC deal and not registering Messi for La Liga and Barcelona, not getting Messi into that first year of the ESPN deal and not even North America, but just the, the deal that was just redone what two years ago in China, the deal that was just done in India six months ago, to, to not have Messi as the figurehead for, for five years, the amount of the risk revenue of not having that, that, that Messi revenue. Again, even if people put their eyes on the Super League, the amount of fans that you're saying, it's not even upsetting or emotional. It's just the amount of casual fans that will tune out because they, they want to see Messi and not having Messi, they, they're going to think it's just like La Liga, uh, Liga rather. And you saw what happened in Liga this year with their TV deal and what happens when with the broadcasting rights partners don't believe that there's enough marketable stars, even they have Mbappe and Neymar for goodness sake, which are two more marketable talents than now any player in the Liga with Messi gone. Yeah. I mean, Liga has always had a, a difficult time selling what it does, despite the fact that I believe it's are the best league in football, but uh, when you're marketing it, um, part of why the, a huge part of why England works so well is, frankly, the language. I mean, there is a perception, uh, just despite so many of its stars being foreign, uh, that English is their language. And it makes them easy to market in the U.S. It makes them easy to sell in the U.S. Uh, the main smart thing they did was uh, they aligned themselves with NBC, which gets them on a network, which gets them on the... Um, uh, the Univision stations, genius move, right? Um, um, uh, La Liga, um, uh, during its heyday, you know, Messi, Neymar, Ronaldo, um, they were knocking around on BN Sports, which was a uh, Qatari and still is a, a venue project, right? All related uh, to the uh, countless billions they're throwing at their uh, World Cup. So now what you have is a league with no stars with, with, and no marketable stars. And so that league now um, has to somehow sell what it has. And how do you do that? You can't, right? So I mean, I don't know if many people are uh, talking about many different things. Uh, many people are saying that um, Tebas forced um, uh, Barcelona to make a choice and they chose uh, Super League. Some are saying it wasn't down to Tebas, that it was down uh, Perez and uh, Laporta. I mean, we don't have answers. And what we know is that there is silence. 
There is silence uh, uh, from the player. There is silence uh, uh, from his teammates. Uh, the only uh, player who I think said anything was uh, Vicky Lozada uh, from uh, Femini. Nobody else has. No hockey players, no handball, up, nobody, right? And so whether you think, hey, this uh, took everybody by surprise, uh, uh, plus the uh, players, no way, right? I mean, I have to think that if Messi had himself said, oh, all right, that's it, we're done. Right, that some player would have known, and so as soon as that uh, club statement came out, then you would have started seeing the players come in, right? PK, all those uh, captains, right? Uh, you would have started seeing Puyol come in, and right now there's been nothing, which makes me think that one, everybody's too stunned to uh, process this, or two, it's all a hustle. Me, and it, I, mean, I, I really lack the verbiage to adequately state how disgusting that would be if this was all a, a, a big old hustle, right? So, I mean, that third option is nobody knows what to do, which makes them like us, right? Just um, sitting around going, hey, what the hell? And um, I, I know that uh, for me, I mean, I, and many, uh, my people um, came to me by my uh, famous tweet from 2012, whatever it was, right? Um, asking, would you sell Messi for, at that time, six of the highest names in um, our world football? And, you know, so that um, question was based on the reality, which is that no player is a forever. If you are following a club, then you're following the club. And yes, I mean, people left with Ronaldinho and people will leave with Messi. But people who support that wild, bankrupt, morally questionable thing as FC Barcelona, I mean, there you are. So, I mean, if Messi leaves, okay, right? And for me, that will not make my... Uh, fondness for the uh, club uh, lesson, though it will make me mad at them uh, messing up uh, the best thing they've ever had. <laughs> um, and it will make me madder at uh, Bartomeu, who single-handedly uh, with his board made this all possible. I mean, and we shouldn't uh, forget that COVID, right? Nobody could have foretold COVID. No one could have foretold economic wreckage that that would bring about. I mean, no fans for what a season and a half. I mean, the revenues from that, you know, the match day revenues, the advertising revenues, the sponsorship stuff. I mean, that's all massive. And so no one could have um, um, foretold COVID. So, I mean, uh, Bartomeu uh, has a little bit of a slight way out in that. But, I mean, the deals he made with uh, players, the salaries this uh, club has been burdened with, uh, the resistance uh, uh, to a real rebuild. I mean, right now, without Messi, right, you've got kids and overpaid geezers. That's all you have. Mm -hmm. And that team, maybe it finishes sixth or seventh in league. Maybe. 
So, I mean, it, in many ways, this pandemic brought some of that about, not all of it. And so right now you've got a, a club that is uh, trying to figure out what's next. So are we. I think right now, what I would do if I was at the club, right, is if Messi's leaving, uh, then you do a wholesale rebuild, right? Um, everybody who's um, past the age um, of uh, 28, out, right? Uh, Busquets, um, Alba, PK, all of them out, right? And you do a real rebuild. And whether you do that by not registering them or whatever, right, you get them out and you start to build this uh, club because, I mean, they have huge talented uh, players. They have all this stuff. So the uh, club will continue without Messi. It won't be the same. It won't be as joyous. Uh, the matches won't be as amazing to watch. But that uh, club will go on. And I don't know, you know, what uh, Laporte has up his sleeve to um, replace all the sponsors who are going to leave when Messi leaves. Um, uh, but he better have uh, something huge because right now this mess has only gotten worse if Messi leaves because, as you know, Messi is a cash cow. And he's not um, uh, just the greatest footballer ever. He's this huge cash cow. And that money's all going away. And, you know, uh, Real Madrid, they'll be fine. And if um, so if uh, Laporta is being led around by the nose by Florentino, he's being led to his doom. Yeah, and Messi is, I read he was about 30% of revenue in terms of merchandise, which actually almost feels a little low when you think it of does. all the people that, that buy Messi stuff and Messi jerseys and all that stuff. But yeah, Kevin, there's a, there's a lot in there. I want to unpack pretty much everything you say. I want to try to respond to so many of them, starting almost with the Bartomeu point and COVID as well. The other unfortunate damning thing against Bartomeu and what he did financially is that after that independent third-party report that was done on Barcelona's finances dictated that Barcelona lost 15% of their what they total of what that they paid or their their overhead if you will the things that put them in debt only 15% of that was due to covid and you have other teams in Spain that were closer to 40 to 60% and that's why they've almost been able to recover due to some of the help from the Spanish government but but Barcelona have not and that's why the CVC is also a basically a one time get out of jail free card from covid for some of the other Spanish teams in a way that is not Barcelona, because a reminder that Barcelona's debt is not, again, strictly because of COVID. They, again, that third party said it was about 15%. I also want to, you know, I, I this is going to be a little story, a little side about meatloaf. So stick with me here, Kevin. But you said something that kind of struck a chord with me, where when I say that we don't know what's going to happen, especially when you get, went through your third option there, I don't know what's going to happen in the same way that when I was, I think I was nine, about nine, 10 years old, 11 years old or whatever. And, you know, your parents are always your parents. Okay, please stick with me here. So your parents are always your parents and they're always right. They always know what's best for everybody and whatever. And then uh, it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. I was doing a chore for my mother and I, I went up to the attic to, to do something else. And in the attic, I see the there's a frozen but now thought out meatloaf sitting in a laundry basket in the attic. And I and I and it's and it smells terrible. And I go, what is this? meatloaf doing in a laundry basket in our attic what you know again i'm at 10 years old i'm like what's happening and so i take it down to my mom and she goes oh oh my goodness i was wondering where that stuff went and so i was i i didn't even ask when i was you know i the week before 
that it was like a, it, this was like a Sunday. And on Friday night, we were supposed to have meatloaf and we didn't. And I'm 10 years old. I didn't care. We replaced it with hot dogs and mac and cheese. So I didn't think about it. And that was, I think the first time in my life when I was like, Oh boy, is my mother's fallible. She's a human being. She, she doesn't have all the answers. She doesn't know where the meatloaf is. And so not to say that Bartomeu and Laporta and Tabas and that no one knows where the meatloaf is, but when you're dealing with millions and billions of dollars and euros and whatever you want to currency you want to use, when you're dealing with that much money at the highest, highest, highest level, you are talking about lawyers, you're talking about advisors, you're talking about contractors, you're talking about all of these moving parts and not even hundreds, but thousands of people. These things are not rectified by a quick conversation on the telephone with Tabas and Laporta. Someone ultimately does have the power. Yes, Florentino Perez and Laporta and Tabas, they are ultimately the people along with the General Assembly on August 12th for the Liga, which can, which can agree on that CBC proposal. So yeah, August 12th are the people that can say yes and vote on those things. Same thing how Barcelona is on, everything around Barcelona is decided by the socios, which are X number of people at the General Assembly. So yes, there are people with power, but there's so many people when it comes to these finances that just a thousand dollars here or there off can affect everything. And so you have to, the reason why La Liga sets those restrictions is so that things just don't explode and go hog wild. And you have Neymar 9.0 because the, the just petrol money or wherever it is, all these different places that have a lot of money can just ransack all of the smaller leagues, that being the Premier League and PSG. Because where we're going in world football is that the Premier League and PSG will just have every marketable player in the world. Eventually, that is where we're going because PSG can, they are a monolith. They can hold out financially on their own, just trying to win the Champions League. And on the other side, the Premier League, financially with their broadcasting rights and the money that continues to be pumped in there. And again, the more success they have financially, the more sponsors they get, the more support they get. And instead of a debt or death spiral, it goes the opposite way. And it helps them out. And especially when the Liga and Serie A and Liga take hits, then more eyes go to the Premier League and, and it works in their favor. And I want to mention, too, that as the, the final point here, is we pivot to, to where Messi could go next. We say we don't know in the same way that we don't know about the players or anything like that as well, where unfortunately to me, I think a lot of the players are going to take the burden of this, where if, you, if I'm Samuel Umtiti, I'm going to be uh, moved out of the freaking building. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I just wouldn't show up to work. I know that my club is telling me not to show up to work, but I definitely wouldn't show up to work. Now, I won't even sit in the stands. I'm just hanging out and I'm not even going out of the stadium because, and that's the unfortunate side, right? That the players who didn't leave or take salary reductions, including I've heard there was a report last week, pretty telling here that Alba was refusing his reduction at the time being. PK did take his, but still nothing on Roberto Busquets. And as I said, Alba, and then Untiti, Griezmann, Coutinho, Pjanic, Dembele, you could all have either salary cuts or they leave the club and they're going to all still probably be around potentially. Even Coutinho, yeah. the report last week that said he could still be around. Could you imagine the camp? No, he hushed them when Messi was still at the club. Can you imagine if the socios and everybody at the arena with their white handkerchiefs, they're sitting there with the handkerchief in the lap and Coutinho misses a wide open chance, or even Coutinho comes out for warmups. <laughs> Can you imagine the reaction from the, from the crowd and the abuse that these players are going to receive because it's going to come down to PR-wise, them or Messi, which is unfair to them. And it is telling to me, as Kevin, I'm going to throw to you where we think Messi goes next, that Vicky Lasada, the reason why it was her, well, she don't, she's known Messi for 10 years. She did have a little stay at Arsenal, but she's basically been at the club for 10, 15 years. And she's now at Man City. And so it is telling that she's the player that said, hey, I was a club captain. Remember, she was the captain for the feminine. So you're going to have a summer where both the feminine captain and the first team men's captain could both be leaving. And Lasada, however, does it having won the treble, just like Shabby, goes out on top, 
goes, goes out the way she wants, but she's still 30 years old and joins Man City. And she's got a lot of football left. And at 34, if we're to believe Messi has a lot of football left, that's why I wonder where he's going to go. Because again, I had a friend ask me, hey, where do you think he's going to go? Not for betting purpose or anything, but where do you think he's going to go? And I mean, my gut still says that if Messi wants to be at Barcelona, there might be something worked out with all the weeks left. I think even if this is what they believe is going to happen and the most likely thing to do, I think there might be a bit of posturing that the desperation is still going to set in. But that said, I said 85% Barca, 15 per, or 14% PSG. And then I could even see one year of Newell's old boys. And if he really wants to be at Barca, and this is what we can never figure out, who is Lino Messi? Where does he want to be? He's always wanted to be at Barcelona. But every summer we're told that, no, he wants to be in Man City. He wants to be, I mean, 10 years ago, it was Manchester United or Chelsea. He wants to be a PSG. He wants to be elsewhere. That's what we've been told for three, four, five, six years back since 2014, 15, that he was always expected to go to Green and Pastures, but he's always chosen to stay in Barcelona. So for him not to stay in Barcelona, what does he want? I think, I don't think we know that. I think PSG is obviously the option. If he wants to win PSG, They've, they've even created a bigger super team than they had before with all their summer signings. Or I could see, as crazy as it sounds, I could see the complete opposite. And that is him go play for those old boys where he's always promised to go back to for one year. And then at the age of 35, returns next year to Barcelona. I can wrap my mind around that because he might be that person or he might be the person that goes to PSG. That's a great majesty or that's a great mystery of Messi. That I think after all the books, after everything that every all the interviews, everything that everyone's always done to cover Messi, I think we still don't know, and, and that's just incredible to me. LeBron James, I know what he ate for breakfast. I, I know where he where he is every hour of every day. But Messi, I, even of all these Copa pictures that he sent out on vacation, that still doesn't tell us much. What he has, he's a hundred millionaire. Of course, he's on a yacht. Of course, he's having fun in a, in a pizza. Duh. But where is he going to go next? I, I think we don't know because I don't think we. Still, after all two decades, 2000, he came into the academy at the age of 13. We still don't know who he is and what he wants. Yeah, and that is uh, the fascinating thing is that a, um, a player who is so revered has been watched by so many that is loved by so many is this enigma. I mean, he is something. I mean, we know he uh, thinks his wife is attractive um, based on recent Instagram behavior. We know that he loves his family. We know he likes his big giant dog, but we don't know what motivates Messi except excellence, right? Um, is it money? Um, if the rumor that he uh, consented uh, to cutting half his pay is true, it's not money. Um, you know, the scuttlebutt that he wasn't convinced by the sporting project, he had the same sporting project that uh, they were going to have when his father showed up today to sign the contract. So it's not the sporting project. What is it? No idea. If Messi, I can't see Messi going to Manchester City. And I mean, no offense to any uh, people who might be from Manchester uh, listening, but you're not uh, taking your family if you're a billionaire by right, living in Manchester. Paris, you can see Paris. Right, because I mean, um, a player moves aren't about money; they're also about the quality of life. Late in Messi's career, right? And I mean, PSG is buddy Neymar is there. There was that photo of him uh, chummed up with all the uh, PSG uh, players. Messi could slide into uh, PSG, and they would steamroll Europe, right? I mean, there'd be no competition for them. So I mean, maybe that's maybe going out like that, maybe. That's appealing. 
my percentages, assuming he doesn't stay at Barcelona, 70% uh, PSG, 30% City. There's nothing else. Uh, right now, he has um, uh, too much football in him to do the uh, uh, Newell's thing. Uh, he's still got two, three years left to be usable, right? right? At the very top level. So Newell's, you don't want to toss that away on Newell's. Um, money, I don't think money motivates Messi anymore. I mean, he's, he's, he's got enough. Right? And he's um, uh, someone you don't see buying Learjets, you don't uh, see Messi uh, buying Ferraris. Um, he's been very smart with his money. So Messi has plenty of money. So it's not money. What is it? We don't know. And I think that for me, what makes the whole uh, PSG possibility super appealing is Messi wants to win everything, right? We know he wants to win and we know he wants uh, to win everything. And so what makes uh, PSG even more, more appealing than City is that PSG with Messi and so then you know that um, um, Bappe stays, you know that Neymar is uh, super happy. I mean, they suddenly got this mega attack that is even more potent than the one that uh, he had with uh, Suarez, right? I mean, it would be amazing to watch. I still would think that you know, PSG isn't worth the cloth I use to shine my shoes, but I mean, they would be a dynamite. TV club to watch, but I just don't think me. Messi is so loyal, and he's always been loyal, and so this all feels very weird to me. I still think that. I mean, I would not rule out him staying at Barcelona. As strange as that sounds, and given all the war that's uh, passing on the bridge, but I think that until that possibility is gone which means the player himself saying, yes, this is done. I don't think it's done. Yeah, until he's actually in another jersey even, because I want to remind people and open up the possibility that they can also register players in January. It's possible that they don't get this financially sorted out now. And then come January, I mean, the league might see some of the revenue kick in and they seed on their position a bit, or they make concessions or another sponsor comes from the top rope to save Barcelona's bacon or, well, it's not even that because sponsors won't even help. They just have to get the wage bill down. But, you know, let's say other clubs get desperate in the interim and then Coutinho and Griezmann look even better for other clubs who just, it's a perfect fit and they need him. So yeah, I want to end the show by quickly, not even talking about the friendly, but because the whole friendly context has changed. So instead of talking about how worried I still am about the counterattacking issue or Ronald Araujo, I thought he was great at the back. You know, I'd love to talk about Gabi, but unfortunately to me, the saddest thing about Gabi is that with that jaw issue now, I figured that he would be with Pedri likely to get about two, three weeks of vacation after the Olympics, that that was that time for just like how Kai, Kai's Ruiz got time with PSG. You see this every August, September. First three weeks of the season, you'll be like, who's this kid? He's 17, 18 years old. And even if they don't pan out to be anything, you always do see 17, 18 year old, 19 year olds around clubs, whether it's the Premier League, whether it's, it's the top, top clubs in particular, because most of their players have gone out to international duty or did other things over the summer that means that they've pushed back the preseason for them. So that's why Barcelona and PSG and Man City and Manchester United, you always see like the youngsters in the first two, three weeks of the season. And that's why I figured Gabi and Nico Gonzalez would fit in. And then I you potentially would see Gabi in the last two to three months of the end of next season as well, just because 
if he did the year with Barca B, he'd be ready, if you will, for the first team when results are kind of already decided, whether Barca are winning La Liga or they're third in La Liga, as you'd see him for the last two, three weeks or month of the season. And Copa del Rey, you'll see him again. And then for Nico Gonzalez, too, I'm just doing the math. And as I said yesterday, with Pjanic leaving the club, with Pedri still gone for a few weeks, that leaves who? That leaves Busquets, De Young, who played in the center back position, but that leaves Busquets, De Young, Puj. And then I put a question mark under Roberto at midfield, and I put two question marks for Coutinho. So in theory, you have three midfielders who played in the midfield last year, ready to go for the start of the season. Yeah. How's, right? And you have three midfield spots, and Puj isn't a starter. He comes off the bench for 25 to 35 minutes. I think that's going to be his role again. That's what he's doing in the seat. That is what Puj is doing in the preseason, because that is what he will do in the season. So Kuman is not changing his role. Who is a bench player and he's okay with that. The manager's okay with that. I think they're all on the same page. So don't worry about them. But yeah, who's going to fill the first 70 minutes <laughs> in that left interior spot for Barcelona? Right now, nobody knows. And that's why Nico Gonzalez is getting every opportunity too. I've been happy with what I've seen for him. And I think that's why Kuman is going to throw out this 3-5-2. And now I think it's weird because now I think back to those first, the, the first three friendlies and I go, okay, that's the team. That's the team for the first month of the season, basically just adding Emerson, Aguero, and uh, Eric Garcia. I mean, and yeah, maybe Coutinho. And then, I mean, hopefully Fati's back in October. And that's, and that's what you're talking about. And that's basically the team in a 4-3-3. And I just, I don't know how well that team is going to do, but that 3-5-2 made sense to me with Messi because he's a game breaker. But without Messi in that 3-5-2, I think that was, <laughs> you throw that one out the back seat. Because that's, I don't think they're going to go with that anymore. Just won't make any sense. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be the 4 3 3. And now that you know that you've kind of already seen the team, how are you feeling about it? Because I've actually been positive about Memphis potentially playing alongside Messi. <laughs> no, I mean, I, so I think that uh, Dembele um, couldn't have picked a worse uh, time to get injured, right? Sure. Uh, because if there's no Messi, right, then you have a front line uh, that you're looking at uh, him. Um, uh, Depay and Fati, and that's a high octane, potentially uh, very creative. Um, that front line can win you football matches, right? Maybe not in Europe, but certainly in La Liga. Uh, but the midfield is always going to be the big uh, problem for this team, and so that midfield makes me apprehensive about this season. I mean, I went from being optimistic because uh, Messi would be back and he would you know, gel with the pie and the space. And now you suddenly have uh, Busquets, who is about as mobile as a small building. You have Gonzalez, who is ready, but not ready, ready. Yeah. And I means you make a Griezmann uh, play midfield. Uh, what do you do? Right? I mean, there are so many questions on that uh, team. And there were uh, questions that would have existed even had Messi come back, right? Because the back line is still a mess. Long lay is not Barcelona quality. Um, uh, PK is old. I'm not sure Eric Garcia is going to be all that much except a younger long lay. Uh, we know Aru, so we know Aru uh, is good. We know Mingesa is a uh, quality. So what's your back line? Um, and meanwhile, you have over at left that you still have uh, Jordi Alba, who is, I get a lot of stick. Uh, for disliking him. I don't dislike him. I just don't think he is that good a fullback. And so when you have both fullbacks 
bonnie up and then you have old mids or slow mids, no wonder Turk Stegen is uh, facing shots he can't stop. So uh, the attack doesn't worry me, but everything else does. And I think Emerson will help a lot uh, on the right uh, because Dest is not working out uh, so well. You stick Sergio Roberto in midfield, that helps you fill one of those slots. Maybe Coutinho uh, uh, fills another one. So you could uh, theoretically have five players in that midfield rotation, but none of them can stop the ball uh, when he point has a, a counter. And that means that, you know, Long Lay will be doing his deer in the headlights thing. And PK will be too slow to resolve any kind of a, a problem. And Jordi Albo will be gone, which means that you will have the same problem, which is conceding uh, wide open goals to um, uh, uh, Cadiz and new clubs like that. So I'm, they will be fun to watch. I don't think they will be rewarding to watch. <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's um, uh, going to be a long season, but I think it would have been a long season even with Messi. Yeah, I mean, I said early in the week that at this point, due to depth and everything, injury to Messi, Alba, or Busquets were to doom the club in a really negative way. I'm actually a little higher than most, almost everybody on Eric Garcia, not just because he came from the academy, just because I, I, I think he knows who he is and what he is, and he is not quick. He is not fast. And so, yes, as far as the problems you have, Kevin, he does not solve your problems or the problems that the club has on the counterattack. But I think he does a lot of things at a very high level, especially at the age of 20. And from what I saw for him with Spain, from what I saw for him with the Spain and the Olympics, he certainly has the ability to understand what his own limitations are. And I think that is something that sometimes other center backs who are as slow as he is don't understand. And if Barcelona are going to really possess teams into the ground, because I think that's what they're going to now have to do. Because not only that they've lost the counterattack, Messi wasn't really a one-man counterattack anyway, but now as far as the position of the team, they're going to have to sit themselves back a little farther because you can't just let Messi leak out, put everyone behind him, and hope you're going to stop the ball if he gives it up. Now you're going to have to make sure you lose the ball farther up the field. And you're going to have to make, because he's not an outlet anymore. He's not going right. to just solve your problem. He's not going to get it back immediately and be able to score with some impossible angle. You're now going to, everything is going to have to be a setup. Everything is going to have to be a system. And I think Eric Garcia is going to potentially fit the system that Barcelona wants to play. Or if they don't necessarily play that way and it doesn't fit his style, he's going to be a, a massive failure. And it's, it's, it's going to be a sad day for me. But yeah, I think if Barcelona, if they play a way that suits his skills and we'll be happy with, and the same thing with Emerson, where I actually think Emerson, we also spoke with him on Monday that I think he is going to be just fine, no matter what system they play. I think whether it's a three, five, two, whatever it is, uh, they'll be just fine. So yeah, I, I think there's so much left to go on this messy point. I, I think I'm not trying to give people hope. I, I think we all just feel a little weird. We all feel empty. You're right that the club coming out with that kind of statement should mean it's final. It should mean we should all say goodbyes. We should all say thank you. We should all, you know, go back and watch his highlights and, and, and enjoy the time we had with him. You know, I've lost a parent. So I, I know that you, you, you cherish the memories. You, you, you don't love them any less. You value the time you had with them and you move on. But it's August 5th. <laughs> there's, there's, there's just the, 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 the stranglehold of, of gobbledygook. That's, again, the best word I could use. The, the financial gobbledygook between Real Madrid, CVC, Tebas, La Liga, Barcelona, Messi. There's, there's so much malarkey going on behind the scenes. And yeah. it's August 5th. 
So no, I Messi is not gone yet, but he certainly very well could be. And the day that he's gone, I will say goodbye. Like I'm supposed to, I will fall in line and I will say, I will miss you. And I'll see you in another life. When you come back to the club as an ambassador or uh, wherever you may be, <laughs> you know, whenever you come back to the club or if he doesn't come back to the club, sure. You're nodding your head. No, he's but not coming if back. you never come back to the club either, then sure. But I will enjoy and cherish the time I had with him, but I'm not going to say goodbye today because this mess is not over. Even if he is gone, he could be gone again. I'm, I'm saying he's not, I'm just saying it's not even hope. It's just this, we've done this song and dance. We did this song and dance last year. I came out with an article. You did too. We wrote about Messi. We both said goodbye. <laughs> and then he was at club. He was at the club this year. So yeah, until he's within, in another Jersey until you're right, Kevin, until he says goodbye, we're not going to put egg on our face again. So uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see how this works out, but Kevin, I really appreciate you joining me for step one of this summer saga. We got all the way to August 5th without a, cause we didn't have any transfer sagas this year, right? There wasn't a player that we needed to get this year. Right. No. <laughs> so finally we Just had get to get saga. <laughs> So, but now the saga has begun and we've got three weeks to get it, to get it rectified. My heavens. And it's uh, going to be intense. So when, when uh, Laporta has this press conference tomorrow, uh, that will make a lot of things more clear. Um, I think that um, I suspect after this uh, press conference, one of two things will happen. People will either say, Oh, uh, we have hope uh, or you'll see uh, the players start saying goodbye and teammates start saying goodbye. Yeah. That's it. Right. There won't be any middle ground. So we wait until tomorrow. Yep. This could all be completely wrong by the time you have a senior ears, but hopefully it didn't. And again, if you were one of the first time having a senior ears, I really appreciate you coming uh, to, to join us. And I want to thank again, Kevin Williams. He makes his appearances, but he has been a good friend of the show since we started in 2017. So Kevin, thanks so much for, again, being such a guiding light through some of the darkest days of, again, the darkest days of the podcast also happened to be the darkest days of the club. So it always works in tandem. And I appreciate you always being such a guiding light in, in, in both of our darkest days. Uh, my pleasure. Happy to help. So again, that's Kevin Williams. You can click down in the show notes and support him on Twitter. Find him, give him a follow. He's one of the best that there is in the business. And you can also follow him with his other stuff in regular life because he is a pretty good journalist as well. So on Twitter and Instagram for him, or on Twitter rather for him, and then on Instagram and Twitter for us at the Barcelona Pod. We have a closed Facebook group, Patreon. We know where all that stuff is going on there. No ads. That's how you uh, help us out financially on Patreon. That's your reward. And then we're on YouTube, the Barcelona Podcast as well. But most importantly, thanks so much for listening to the show. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon and force the Barca. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.